0: Psalm 38. The title of the message tonight is Lord, hear my humble cry. Lord, hear my humble cries from Psalm 38. This is, of course, a prayer. A prayer that David penned in a time of repentance. This is one of the penitent type Psalms. We come off of Psalm 37, where we, of course, hear of how when we delight in the Lord. he gives us the desires of our heart he he of course is going to recompense evil he's going to judge the wicked and you know Psalms is of course not written uh, traditionally it's a it's a a book of of course songs and poems and and so there's a stark contrast between Psalm 37 and Psalm 38 and David is confessing before God and how many of you are like David there are, of course, times and seasons when you feel like you're on a mountaintop with God and then, then you blow it, like I do, <laughs> like many of us, if we admit it. And then we find our, ourselves in a valley, trying to claw our way back up, you know, and, and this is where David is at this time. He's in a low point in his life and maybe you came in here tonight in a lull, in a low point. Maybe you don't feel the presence of God like we just sang. Maybe you've been in a season of dryness, and maybe the cause of it is sin. And David, in his life at this point, the the very cause of his uh, alienation or the the, the distance between him and God was that of sin in his life. David was, of course, a man. And I've learned this, that the best of men are just men at best. Don't ever put a man on a pedestal, because that's just further for that man to fall before you. Men are never designed to receive the accolades and the worship, and you see it—you see it in, in, in many different uh, areas in, in life. When a man is elevated, soon the dirt will come out. Soon the scandal will pop up. Soon the hypocrisy will be evident. Soon the sin will be promoted or shown. And and um, you know, the most difficult person I have to deal with in my life is the one you're looking at right now. And the truth is, the person that I fear the most is the one that I look in the mirror every day. Because I know one decision that I make could ruin my legacy. My, it, could, it could shatter my family. It could shatter the ministry. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's always there in the back of my mind because I've heard too many stories and so have you. But I want you to understand that David, even though he loved the Lord, even though he had a heart like after God's own heart, he, he was a sinner like you and I. And we're going to see it tonight as we get into this psalm. I want you to notice with me, first of all, David's cry was that because he was being chastened. He was being corrected. How many of you, you know, you've raised children, or you're raising children, and it comes time for that correction. And how many of you guys have those kids that, you know, they start crying even before you have to apply correction? And, uh, there's some kids you just have to look at. There's others who doesn't matter. They, they're, they're just going to do what they want to do strong will. And, well, David is in a time of correction with God. He's being chastened by God. I want you to see it. Look at the first two verses. He says, Oh Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. He says, for your arrows pierce me deeply and your hand presses me down. David felt God's displeasure with him in this season. It was heavy on him. I want you to see he felt it spiritually. He felt that God was rebuking him. He felt that God's wrath was on him for a season, and he, he asked God to uh, to to lay uh, lay off of maybe the the heaviness and the because of his displeasure is what David said. Uh, Don't chasten me, nor chasing me in your hot displeasure. He says, your arrows pierce me deeply, and your hand presses down on me. Have you ever been in a in a, in a, in a in a season in your life where sin has caused you to feel the heavy hand of God on you, where you just it just nowhere, no matter what you do, you feel that 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 pressure, that that distance from God. You feel that God is chastening you. This is where David found himself in this psalm. He found himself feeling it spiritually. Oftentimes we feel a distance from God. Oftentimes we. Are disconnected from God and our prayers hit the ceilings and and, and there is no uh, spiritual breakthrough in our lives because sin is, pre- is prevalent sin is present we 've uh, oh, disobeyed God in an area. I just want to tell somebody this verse to, tonight, and I, I preach this to myself first, but proverbs twenty eight thirteen he who covers his sin will not prosper but who Ever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Proverbs 28 13. David obviously had allowed some time to go. I don't know exactly when this, uh, this psalm was, of course, penned or what, what the sin was that had crept into David's life at this point, but obviously he was feeling it. He was feeling it spiritually. I remember the conversation I had with a man who attended this church, who sat in these pews, who came to the men's group, who, you know, sadly now is is in prison. And I remember the conversation we had just out in this back driveway. He had gotten caught in sin in his life, and it led down a path that ultimately caused him to do something very illegal. And, and he was facing, of course, a, a jail sentence and I remember as he wept on my shoulder, and he said its it's me i've been so filled with pride i've been so arrogant in my life i've been God tried to shake me and get my attention for years, but I resisted him, and I thought that I was untouchable and and, and and now I'm facing this many years in prison. I'm gonna lose my family. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh face this uh this jail sentence and I'm gonna have this hanging over my head, I'm gonna lose my career. I mean, his life was going to be in shambles, and as I as he wept, as I just held on to him, I just feel the weakness in his legs, and and I just prayed for him. I'm telling you. I got a letter from him a few months back and, uh, he's in prison now, but he is walking with God. He is closer to God than he ever has been in his life. And he's being used by God in the prison to, to lead others to Christ. And it's sad that it had to come to this for him to, to repent, to get his life right. But I'm, I'm thankful that he is in a good place spiritually. And I just, I don't know who needs to hear this tonight. But even though God hasn't executed judgment in our lives yet, even though you may have mistaken God's patience for his acceptance in your life, don't be fooled. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, he will reap. You're not getting away. Uh, I heard it said that someone uh, likes to plant fields uh, full of wild oats and and then pray for a crop failure. (laughs) No, whatever we so is what we're going to reap. And if you are in this room tonight or you're watching online and there is a sin that God has been convicting you, he's had his hand on you about it for maybe years and you are still unrepentant, you are still unwilling to walk away from that sin, oh, don't, don't, mistake his patience for his acceptance, there will be judgment even in the life of a Christian. I'm telling you, the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. He corrects us. He's not going to allow us to continue down a path of sin and, and, and to mock him and to bring uh, you know shame to the, the name of Christ. I'm telling you, he will execute judgment. David felt it in his life. He felt it spiritually, but not only did he feel it spiritually? But he felt it in his body. He felt it physically. I want you to see verse number three. He said, there is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor health in my bones because of my sin. Uh, he said, I, I have no health, no soundness uh, because of my sin. I, I, I I feel it in my body and and you want to know uh, Christians who are in sin, they feel it physically in depression, in anxiety and, and a lot of times that's where that comes from. I'm telling you in 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 health issues in ulcers, and ulcers and in kidney stones, I'm, I've seen it. I've seen Christians who have uh, re- rejected the word of God and who have uh, not repented of sin and it starts to wear at their bodies. This is what David is outlining. He said the chastening that he was experiencing was not only spiritual but physical. And it was evident in some type of illness or injury that he was dealing with. And it it was taking a physical toll on his body. Because of it. And I I just want to just speak to this. You know, the Bible is clear that sometimes some of the illnesses, some of the sickness that we deal with in the body of Christ is a direct result of sin. Sometimes it is not. I'm not saying if someone is sick, they're they're in sin. But what I'm saying is that in some cases, that is the truth. And David is is outlining his suffering. He says, uh, there's no soundness in my flesh. He, He says, it is because of my sin. Now notice David's position here. David doesn't blame God, but he rather glorifies God and how God is dealing with the sin in his life. Many people they get angry with God when He executes judgment. They, they, you've seen it, like a rebellious child when you correct it, I've had you know, to deal with my kids, and, and they're caught red-handed in, in something, and, and they just double down on that. No, I was not doing this. No, I was not trying to, to. And then, you know, that is always, of course, concerning. It's like your heart is, instead of releasing that and repenting and being humble, your heart is getting harder. And I've seen this in Christians. I've seen people, when God's hand it's on them, and judgment, you see them get harder, and calloused, and resent God, and run away from God. But you notice that David, he ran to God. Where do you go when you fall? Do you avoid God? I see it all the time. There are men who, you know, this, six months ago, they were sitting in these pews on fire. God was doing a mighty work in them. But... They fell back into sin. Now they want nothing to do with church or men's group or or, or don't return text. and or email. I'm telling you, they, they are on the run from God. But you won't get far. And I just want to. I know this is not a, a easy message to digest, but I, I just want us to to be mindful. This is in, this is the Bible. This is the nature of 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 God. He isn't. He's a father, right? A good father isn't permissive in, in their children's destruction. I, I'm a, I have children and I've done everything I can to keep them alive. I have a few that have done everything they could to try not to be alive. They jumped into pools before they can swim. They have run across, you know, out in busy streets. I'm telling you, that's, that's what, you know, children do. And you do everything you can as a father to protect them. And I want you to understand that God is a good father. And the reason why he smacks us a few times when we are outside of his will is because he understands that there is a destruction at the end of every sin. Sin always leads to death. I don't know who I'm warning tonight. God may have been patient. He may be, He may have been showing you a season of grace. But if you continue in that, there will be judgment. David said, I feel it in my spirit. I feel it physically. My, my, my flesh is feeling the pain. Verse four, he says, for my iniquities have gone over my head. Like a heavy burden that's too heavy for me. He said, I am overwhelmed by the weight of my sin, the burden that I'm carrying. And because of that, I just, I, it's just too heavy for me is what he says. He said, my wounds, verse number five, are foul and festering because of my foolishness. He said, I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. You see, David, he could deal with other people being upset with him, but David loved the Lord. And when he knew that God was upset with him, when he knew that he, because of his foolishness and sin, that there was a, a, a wedge between him and God, it, it weighed on him. And I'm telling you, that's a sign of a true believer is when you aren't right with God, you can't have peace. You don't have joy. You don't have a lightness about you carrying a heavy burden. And I'm telling you, this is where David is at in his life right now. He says, my loins, verse number seven, are full of inflammation. This is speaking about, you know, his, his insides were inflamed. He was Maybe he was dealing with kidney stones or some type of, uh, you know, stomach aches. I, I don't know, but he's he's uh, spelling this all out. He says, and there's no soundness in my flesh. Verse number eight, I'm feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. So he outlines how he's feeling this in his body. He's feeling it physically, the chastening of God. I read this quote today. It said, sin is the wound of the soul, which must be washed with the tears of repentance, cleansed by the blood of Christ, and healed by the spirit of the Holy One. Hey. Don't play with sin, family. I'm talking to every one of us in this room. Sin will take you further than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, and it'll try to keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin has been the demise of every uh, human that's ever walked this earth to save Jesus. Sin is so uh, wretched, it is so wicked, and I'm telling you, Satan, he does a good job of trying to dress it up and put lipstick on it. He doesn't show you the end of the thing. He doesn't show you the destruction that's waiting and the pain and the suffering for that moment pleasure that you may be a seeking in sin. I'm telling you, sin is nothing to play with and David is being chastened by God. He's being corrected by God because God is not complicit to sin in his children's lives. And I want to encourage us tonight. If that's where you're at or if, if that's where you're heading, repent. Turn away from the sin. Whatever it might be. Don't think it's just a little thing. Don't think that you will get over on it. I heard about a bank robbery in May of 1948. There were three men who robbed a bank in Hoyt, Kansas. They got away with a roughly around $1,000, which is a lot of money in 1948. <laughs> Not today, you know. That's one trip to Costco, right? <laughs> Shortly thereafter, two men were killed in a car wreck. The police thought that these were the robbers. So they closed the case. But four years later, something unusual happened. On a Sunday morning at a church in the area, a young man by the name of Al Johnson stepped into the pulpit and revealed to the church congregation that the day before he had gone to the district attorney and confessed to his role in the crime. He said, I thought about the bank robbery many, many times. He was just a teenager when it was done. But he said, I prayed about it and I asked the Lord to give me an answer. And it seemed that he would give me only one answer, and that was to give myself up. Johnson also revealed that he had borrowed money to repay the bank, his share of the stolen funds. The statute of limitation has expired on the crime, but Johnson said, even if it had meant me going to jail, I could no longer keep this secret. Johnson agreed to help the authorities locate the other two men who had not been caught or, or who had not passed away as previously believed. And let me tell you this, Christian, if you have secret sin, if you have unconfessed sin, if we have things in our lives that we are are covering up, that we are holding to, you won't have joy. You won't have peace. You, God is going to continue. If you are in Christ, he's going to convict you. He's going to speak to that. He's going to keep his hand on that until you do what's right with that. Some of you, you might need to make a phone call. And God might be uh, telling you to make something right or confess something to your spouse. I don't know what it might be, but I'm telling you, don't avoid it. Don't hold to this. Don't allow the enemy to to drag you down and to to rob you of what you have in Christ because of sin. I want to encourage us with that. So David was experiencing the the correction of God. But I want you to see in his life because of sin, there was also conflict. There's a lot of conflict in David's life. Look at verse 11. He said, my loved ones. And my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my relatives stand afar off. I want you to see sin in David's life caused issues with his family and his friends. You know, a lot of the issues in our homes, a lot of the conflict in our in our families and our friend groups, they are a direct result of unconfessed sin. They are definitely a cause. By the fact that there are there's things that dishonor God in our lives that we haven't dealt with, many marriages are where they are because of disobedience, whether a husband or a wife. I've I've found this to be true. A Christian who only finds his way to church every three weeks. Who, who, who doesn't honor God with their, with their tithe and offering, who doesn't, who, who never witnesses, who never, uh, obeys the, the simple things laid out in scripture. I'm telling you, those type of marriages, I don't care how much money you have in the bank, I don't care how successful you are at work, I don't care what everything else may be looking to be going well. I'm telling you, there's gonna be, there's gonna be conflict in the home. There's gonna be friction. It's going to feel like something is resisting your, may I say, someone, because God resists the proud. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, if you are serving God, that there'll never be conflict in your home. The first family on until the very last one, there's always been conflict, right? But I found this to be true in my life, that when I'm walking with God, the things that would bother me, that would cause an argument, that would cause issues, they don't so much. When I'm filled with the Spirit of God because of my decision to deal with sin and to walk with God and to honor Him, I'm telling you, there's a whole different disposition in my home. There's a whole different attitude in me. There's a whole different response when I'm squeezed. I'm telling you, when we are squeezed by life, whatever's going on inside here is what's going to come out. And David, he was experiencing this. He was experiencing this with his family and friends. They, they didn't want to be around him. Why? Because he probably was moody. He probably was angry. He probably had a short fuse. Because when you're not right vertically, you won't be right horizontally. David wasn't his normal self. He wasn't the sweet singer, I believe, of Israel during this season. He had an attitude. Some of you came in here tonight, you're like, man, that's my husband. <laughs> that's my wife. That's that's my my team. It's just, <clears throat> it's just like nails on a chalkboard. And this is what David was outlined. He says, "My family, my loved ones, they stand afar off. They 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 don't want to be close. They don't want to be around me. It's evident that God is is chastening me, and that I, my 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 spirit isn't the same." Then he says, "His enemies, they see blood in the water." It's so amazing how. The enemy knows when we aren't walking with him and that's when he's gonna try to come in and pfft. The enemy doesn't come when you're at the 6 a.m. prayer meeting, when you're seeking God, when you're being faithful, when you're in your word, when you're praying, when, when you're, the enemy, he'll come, he'll try to attack you, but I'm telling you, he comes with his as strongest as assault when you're weak. How many of you guys ever experienced that? God likes to get me when I'm hungry, when I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, not God, excuse me, the enemy likes to get me when I'm hungry and tired, and, and I haven't been in my word like I should, and I, I didn't get up early enough to pray. That's seemingly when the tests come. I had one, of course, recently. <laughs> I was at the gym, and there was a guy who said something to me. And I'm going to be honest. I was, I was in the flesh. I was not walking in the Spirit. And I responded accordingly. And, uh, immediately I was under conviction. Immediately I just, I felt it in my body. And I knew I had to, I was still being stubborn. I knew I had to go over and apologize to that man for how I spoke to him. And how many of you guys have been there too? You've been there with your coworker, your spouse, or and you 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 didn't put on that armor, you didn't put on the, the 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 spirit that day, you didn't uh you made room for the flesh and you failed. And the enemy is like it seems like the enemy knows, and he's gonna <clears throat> and uh this is what David was saying. Look at verse number twelve. He says, Those also who seek my life lay snares for me those who seek my hurt speak of destruction and plan deception all the day long verse 19 says but my enemies are vigorous and they are strong and those who hate me wrongfully have multiplied verse 20 those also who render evil for good they are my adversaries because i follow what is good and, and he's saying he's saying god these people who hate me, my enemies, they're coming out of the woodwork and they're strong and they're attacks and they're coming for me. They hate me because I love you and I serve you. And they're coming because they see that I'm uh, I'm in this season of, of weakness. I'm in this season of, of being chastened by you. My physical strength isn't what it normally is right now, God. And they're coming for me. The conflict was heated. It was seen in his family relationships, his close relationships, and it was seen... And the enemies coming up to attack him. And I just want to tell you this. We in these types of seasons, we have to do, of course, what David is doing. He's confessing. He's re- he's repenting. He's he's being transparent with God. He's he's saying, God, they're gonna destroy me if you don't show up, if you uh don't Don't step into this situation, God. If you don't stay your hand of of correction, God, uh, I'm going to be uh, in a bad place, God. So the conflict. But I want to see, lastly, the confession. David's cry was that of confession, like I just mentioned. He confesses. Verse number 11, look at it. I mean, verse number 13, excuse me. He begins to outline how he is he is lacking, he cannot do this without God. He says, verse 13, But I am like a deaf man, I do not hear, and I am like a mute who does not open his mouth. Thus I am like a man who does not hear, and, whose, and in whose mouth is no response. He says, he confesses to God, I'm, I'm broken, I'm busted, I can't be trusted. God, I need you. God, I'm in a bad place. I'm I'm like a, a person who can't speak. I'm like a person who can't hear. God, I am, I am blind before my enemies. I need you, God. I'm confessing my vulnerability to you, God, because only you, God, can deliver me. How many of you guys have been there? You feel, you're in a bad spot. You feel like you're, you're ready to quit. You feel like everything is just caving in and, And finally, you cry out to God, you confess, you repent, you turn to him, you acknowledge your weakness, you acknowledge your failure before God. And I'm telling you, that's a good place to be. The Bible is clear that God will not despise a broken and contrite heart. There should be more brokenness in the church. May I say that again? There should be more brokenness in the church. People come in here week after week. They hear the word and they go and they stay just as they are. They struggle with the same. They they lose the same battle over and over again. How many of you have been there? I've been in that cycle. And I think what's missing in our lives is brokenness over our sin. When was the last time you were broken over your sin? Like that man I told you about. He was finally broken. Is it really going to take God's hand of judgment to break us? Is it going to take financial ruin? Is it going to take your, your, your reputation ruin? Is it going to take a, a broken relationship? What is it going to take for the church to be broken before God over sin? When are we going to hate our own sin like we hate other people's sin? I have no problem hating other people's sin. But seemingly in my life, I... I I give myself a hall pass. I give myself, uh, you know, so much by the way of just allowing this to, oh, it's not as bad. It's not minimizing it in my life. You know what a sign of a true spiritual person is? Is when they minimize the sin in others, but they deal with it in their own lives. They're hard on their, on, on their own sin, but soft on others. You know, Jesus, he loved, of course, sinners. He, he, was, he was around sinners and publicans and, and, and prostitutes and all those who were, the world and the Pharisees, the religious folks, wrote off. And I, I think it was because they, they knew that they needed they needed Jesus. They, they knew that they were broken. They knew that they weren't who they should be. And, and because God is not attracted to our strength, I want you to understand that God's attracted to brokenness. He's, he's attracted to your weakness. And this is what David is saying. He's king. He's a mighty man in battle. But sin had come in and now he was uh, under the weight of it and he was feeling it physically and spiritually and now he's saying before the God of heaven, I'm a broken man, I can't hear, I can't, I can't talk, I can't, I can't not see my way out of this, I'm humbling myself. Lord, hear my humble cry. And somebody tonight needs to hear this. You haven't humbled yourself. You haven't been broken before God. I want us to pray this, and this is what I've been praying. Uh, Lord, search me and know my heart. Show me the wicked ways that I'm blind to, that I'm oblivious to. Show me the tendencies that grieve you in my life, and I'm telling you, that's what we need to do every single day. We need to do that. We need to put ourselves at the mercy of God and say, God, show me in my life where I am uh, dishonoring you, where my sin is grieving you, where I am in a, a pattern that displeases you because of wickedness. And I'm telling you, don't let's not put on our let's never be a church where we come in here and we pretend like we all have it. Together, because we don't confession is so important do you keep do you keep short accounts of sin in your life? Are you grieved by your sin, does it? Do you ever feel that conviction? This is what David was saying. But in the midst of his confession, he has hope in God. Look what he says, verse 15. says, for in you, O Lord, I hope you will hear, O Lord, my God. He says, in you, God, I hope. I know you're gonna hear this prayer of repentance. I know you're gonna hear my humble cry, God. I know that you are going to, because of your character, you are gonna show me your tender mercies, your loving kindness. You are gonna pick me up once again, God. Oh, I'm, I'm thankful we sang it tonight, and, I, and it just resonated with me once again, that when it, that we said, and you're not done with me, God. You're good. That's what, this is what David is saying. God, I know I have hope in you because you're good and I know you're not done with me. I know you're going to hear in heaven this humble cry and you're going to show up in my situation. And that's what some of us need to do. We need to look up from where our help to the heels, where our help cometh from and we need to confess before God he says, for I said, hear me, lest they rejoice over me, lest when my foot slips, they exalt themselves again. He goes on, verse 17, he says, for I am ready to fall. And my sorrow is continually before me. Verse 18, for I will declare my iniquity. If we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's not a lucky rabbit's foot. That's a a promise from God. But I want to just remind us once again what what repentance looks like. Repentance is a change of mind about our own direction, our, our sin in our lives. That means that once you come to the altar, you repent or you, you repent of something, you're not going to return to it. You're not going to make provision for it. I'm talking to some men in here. You might be addicted to pornography. We've, we've looked at men in the eyes and hear their wife said, I'm, if I see my husband on that one more time, I'm going to leave. And we say, Hey, you know what? If I were you, I'd go get a flip phone. I'd go get a, a phone that doesn't have any access. I'd get this software on, on your, on your devices. I would do this and I would take drastic measures and I can't tell you how many times they just looked at us and said, I'm not doing that. They're not repentant. And truthfully, most of the counseling, most of the, the, the time spent uh, in a pastoral role with, with, with people uh, could, could easily be handled if there was a humble, contrite, broken, repentant heart. I'm telling you, marriages would be restored if they were broken, if they were humble, if they were forgiving, if they showed grace. I'm telling you, this is this is the issue in the church today. This is why God's power is not freely flowing through the, the church in America because we, we are not broken over sin. David said, I will declare my iniquity. God, I will declare it, my iniquity. And he said it, look look at the rest of verse 18. He says, I will be in anguish over my sin. I will be in anguish over it. And that's where God will meet us when we get to that point, when we truly are broken. Verse 21, he he says to God, do not forsake me, O Lord. My God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord of my salvation. After David confesses, after David acknowledges his sin, he makes these requests. God, don't forsake me. Lord, O oh my God, be not far from me. And um, I don't know about you, but I acknowledge that there's been times and seasons in my life when God was so far from me because of my pride, my sin, my arrogance, and I knew it. I was in the, I was in the pulpit without any power, without any unction, without any uh, evidence that the Spirit of God was speaking, and I knew the futility of it. I, I was frustrated. It, it affected my Every day, my, my family relationship, everything that David's saying here, I know too well. And it wasn't until God brought me back to this desert to break me, to humble me, to, to begin to chip away at my pride, my ego, my arrogance. Is that I begin to truly see things like he saw things. Truly to experience him. In ways that I had yet to experience him. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I want to encourage you, don't put this off. If you know that God is distant from you, and you know it, we know it when we are distant from God, then there needs to be some confession in your life. There needs to be brokenness. There needs to be acknowledging of our iniquity and hate it. Ask God to give you a hatred for your sin. Ask God to change your mind and your heart. And you know, and the Bible talks about the mind. It's the deepest part of our our intellect, our our personality. Our you know, because every one of us are bent towards some type of sin that so easily trips us up. And we've got to ask the Lord to, to for that particular. Area that trips us up every single time to help us. And you know what it is. And God knows what it it is. And and, and you just need to to seek him in that. I want to encourage us in that. David made those requests. For God not to forsake him. To not be far from him. To to make haste to help him. Oh Lord of his salvation. And I want to encourage us with that tonight. Oh Lord. Hear my humble cry. Tonight, is there something that God has pointed out to you that you have to get right? I want to encourage you, don't put it off. I know tonight was a pointed message. I know tonight was not a hoorah, you know, high-fiving type message. (laughs) But it's a needed message. I think it's the message that America needs. Repent, because judgment is coming. Don't we see it as a nation? But not only not only on a nationwide scale. I think God wants to speak to every one of us individually, and he, He 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 desires that we. Would be clean, that we'd be holy. We'd be a people set apart for his use. And that doesn't happen unless we are intentional in, in repenting, intentional in seeking him. When we, when we sense that distance, when our prayer lives are stagnant, I've been there of recent, you know, I've, I've been, I've always Maybe to a fault, transparent with you all, because sometimes you see us up here and you think that we've arrived. We haven't. <laughs> I struggle with things just like you. Everyone in here, you struggle with something, right? And um truthfully, God has been showing me that I haven't been submitting to him like I should. I have not been been, been seeking him like I once have and, and, and there needs to be that 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 repentance because when we're not seeking God like we should there's things that we replace it with by default. I'm 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 telling you all tonight. So I just want to encourage us Lord Seek God. We have more than enough to make decisions. Amen. We have more than enough to act upon. You guys understand that? that every time the word of God is preached, there should be a decision made. There should be uh, some type of response to the word of God. This isn't my word, this is God's word. And we, of course, desire for his word to to mold our lives. And um, that's what I'm praying, and that's what I prayed as I prepared this, is that God, you, you speak to those who feel that distance from you, who who you have your hand on them right now because of sin, who feel heaviness and even their health is affected. God, do a work in in all of us. But I'm going to pray. The altar is going to be open. We're going to worship. As we always say, we're not in a rush. Do business with God if he's spoken to you. Don't be ashamed. Who cares? what? don't, Don't allow... Any thoughts, the enemy's coming in right now, and he's saying, oh, if I go up, he's saying this to some of you. If I go up there, then I'm acknowledging that there's something wrong with me. Let me tell you right now, I already know there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Something wrong with me. I'm just, just being real, right? But if God prompts you, come do business with him. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to, but I'm going to tell you if you're right now under that heaviness, if you're right now experiencing that distance from God, if you are, you're lacking what you know you once had, I'm telling you there, there needs to be repentance. God didn't go anywhere. It's usually, it's always us.